Pickaxe. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, you are listening to the podcast version of this week's One Life Left. I'm Simon Byron. I am Steve Curran. So we were given guidance about that episode. Did you read it? Were you copied in on that? No, I was not. Uh, due to the day that it's airing, uh, Monday the 19th of September is when it's going out live on the radio. Um, I just checked in um, that we were still doing the show because obviously you need to... Hmm. Uh, be aware of things you know things aren't uh, happening at their normal pace these days Um, and uh, we were told uh, that there was um, no need uh, to mention anything so I was pleased about that because I felt that our first show back last year I wasn't sure what to wasn't sure how to speak or anything like that but anyway we've done the show we haven't said anything Mm. about it although um, there were two jokes I had to stop myself from making as we were discussing (laughs) the new Zelda Yes. Uh, yeah. I also, when I brought it up, was like, oh, are we going there? And then we're we not didn't. going there. We're not going there on the radio waves, are we? But uh, listeners, see if you can uh, if you can hear the moment where we stopped <laughs> ourselves from making a joke in what, you know, arguably a difficult uh, episode for the legal team. Mm I mean, maybe yeah. it'll never see never. Maybe it'll never see the light of day. That was why I was like, "Yeah, let's do the review section anyway, just in case I feel the need to cut some of the uh, early news story out." Oh, really? Are you are you concerned? No, I'm not, because we're reporting on what Eurogamer were reporting on. So uh, if they're going down, Simon, we're going down too. And also, <laughs> as I said, I know who wrote that Eurogamer piece because I saw it before it was redacted. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. I hope that that's saved to a folder somewhere that we can, <laughs> we can, we can just hold it up. It's a Eurogamer Expo uh, this week. Maybe we could just hold it up there or we could charge money for people to take a little peek at that yeah. um, and see who, who really wrote it. Um, well, okay. Well, let's hope that they don't go down and that we don't go down. Um, I, I don't think we will. I think it'll be okay, fine. Okay, good. Uh, are you going to the Eurogamer Expo this week? Nope, because I'm going on holiday. Oh yes, that's right, and that's um, you're going to Croatia, aren't you? I'm going to Croatia on uh, Tuesday, and I'm going to spend a week in a place called Ravinj. I think it's I think it's pronounced. I've not been there yet, so how would I know? And then taking the plane to Dubrovnik, where I'm going to attend Reboot Develop and uh, do Marioki over there, and then coming back on the Monday. So yes, I think it will be two. Sunday's off, but I might be able to record from out there. I'm hoping I'll be able to do do well. 
So I've never been uh, to Reboot, but from what I understand, uh, it's a lovely conference in a lovely setting um, where uh, I believe uh, that many of the great and the good and some senior execs from within the games industry will be just milling around in their, sh- in their trunks. Mm. I think you should absolutely take a dictaphone um, and uh, try and catch them at their lowest uh, try to catch them off guard when they're a bit relaxed when they've got all the coconut oil <laughs> rubbed on and they're sat on their sunbed uh you know biffle will be there in his tron trunks um yeah, yeah. see what secret see what other secrets you can get out see what other leaks you can uh gather maybe, uh, Do you gather leak yeah maybe just approach them and go steve curran one life left what are you wearing <laughs> oh yeah um just, just tell our listeners. Talk, talk our listeners through this ensemble. Charles, I think that would. Well, he's going to be there, isn't he? Is, is he a, a trunks or a shorts guy? Absolutely trunks, a hundred percent. Do you think he wears? Do you think he has the confidence of a man who uh, who who's happy with his showing his open toes off in sandals? <laughs> Uh, I think that Charles Cecil is the most confident man I know. And if we could all carry ourselves as well as he does, uh, then we'd all be in very different situations. Good. Well, please do try and grab some stuff out there. Uh, We could do with some other voices on the show. Um, uh, Yes. Well, on that, the reason that I mentioned uh, we're going to hopefully regain control of the One Life Left bank account this this week uh, is that... When we do that, then we should be broadcasting or recording rather on a. Uh, well, I really want to see you again, Simon, because obviously tops off the clock. I was going to make. Well, I was going to. I did. There were a couple of bits in this in this show where we talk over each other because I can't see you. Um, yeah, it's really difficult. So yeah, um, we'll be go- re- going to a uh, method of recording where we can post a link on the Twitter and on the Discord, and people could join us there watch and listen uh, but to do that we need a credit card and to do that i need to get barclays to let me have it so uh that's ongoing good well look forward to that then um have a good time won't you uh in croatia say hello to those that you think should would benefit from a hello from me and ignore <laughs> those that you that you know i don't like i always do thank uh, you oh, anything else no nope, nope, that's it okay. that's it Thank you. Right, thanks for listening, everybody. Here's the show. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We are a video game radio show and my name is Steve Curran. Hello, I am Simon Byron. Hello Simon, how are you doing? I'm very well, thanks Steve. Uh, all is good in the hood, as they say. How are you? I'm good too. Uh, I'm a little bit hungover, we'll talk about that later in the show. I'm also a bit cold, which is worrying Kate was away last night. Um, she won't find out this until at least 
Wednesday when the podcast goes out. She does still listen, she tells me. I put the heat on last night when she wasn't around. Did you? I did. I did. A um, couple of... Uh, <laughs> and this has gone straight into the old man chat, hasn't it? Ed on the mm. Discord mentioned that we should talk about pensions this show. Uh, apologies for that. <laughs> but I was, um, I, was, I was interested in just whether everything's still working or not. And also I was cold. So uh, <laughs> uh, stuck it on. And by the time I woke up, I had spent £3 on gas. I was going to say, you've got a smart meter, haven't you? So you can literally count the pennies. It's a terrometer. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't have one. I just have very, very old. You know when you've got the revolving numbers and you can't mm. quite work, tell. Yeah. What, you, what you've got, Steve, is blissful ignorance. And I wish that I could go back to that. Blissful ignorance for now until the bill arrives. Yes, but it does feel like things are turning, doesn't it? The nights are drawing in. Uh, Ramona said to me uh, yesterday evening, why is it getting dark? And I said, that's a deep question, isn't it? You know, the older you get, the more you realise the the darkness surrounds you. Uh, I just said because it's autumn and then I had to explain what autumn was. Mm, Yeah, um, I'm getting comments from my three-year-old all the time on uh, the light. Oh, the light, the nights are drawing in. Uh, she says, I mean, she doesn't say that, but she implies it by saying it's dark. And um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's it's winter's coming, and I think we're all filled with a bit of trepidation about that. So still, video games, though, eh? <laughs> so uh, we're a video game radio show. We're here to talk about video games. We will do that intermittently over the next uh, fifty-five minutes or so. We've got a new section. I've got a couple of news stories, including one that broke today, Simon. The big un. The big un. Uh, which, like, impressively, I think I beat Eurogamer to. Of course, we'll still read their news story out on the show. Uh, but yeah, saw some people on my timeline gossiping about it. Went to the game sites, there was nothing going on. Uh, anyway, we'll talk about that in the news section. We have some reviews at the end of the show. Uh, yeah, we, we trailed one of the games I was going to talk about at the end of last week's show. You stopped me talking about that game didn't you and uh we'll have letters as well we definitely had one letter didn't we did we i'm not sure Uh oh i will open the uh the mailbag when you're reading one of your news stories or well about one the of, good one news of your, is one of your things you talk about we should also mention that we're uh we're doing the show live on discord this week uh we've tried this once before it went well and uh, we'll be doing it again. It's 7pm on Sunday. So if you want to join us for those recordings, please uh, please do. Although not next week because I'm on holiday or the week after that because I'm on holiday then too. Uh, but we do have live listeners right now, don't we, Simon? We do indeed. Uh, again, I, was, I, was, I wasn't really listening to you because I was about to look up the dic- dictionary definition <laughs> of well. <laughs> well, okay. Oh, no, here we go. In a good or satisfactory way. Well, we have uh, six listeners listening to us right now in the Discord. Morgizi, Blue Jay, 712, Phil, our under caretaker, Phil, Matt B90, Dennis, and Carvery Mystic. Uh, so if, if you see us struggling during the letters section, uh, we have backup because they can pile in and write some very, very quick letters, I am sure. Going to be good, Steve. Bit of a slow start last week, uh, but uh, yeah, hopefully... This will be uh, in a good or satisfactory way. All right, let's get on with the news. Uh, 
Simon, hit us with the first news story, please. Should we tackle the big one first? Let's do it. So, how did you hear about this? Uh, VideoGamesChronicle.com wrote uh, that The Sims 4 is going free to play on October the 18th. (laughs) Oh, you you must be pumped, Simon. I haven't played The Sims for years, um, but uh, evidently no one else has. (laughs) Why they're giving it away? No, I think uh, it's always had a constant audience, hasn't it? It's... um, uh, but uh, yeah, hopefully, I guess by uh, going free to play, they expect um, many, many more. Uh, they'll be changing. Um, sorry, let's let's do the news story properly. Electronic Arts has announced that The Sims 4 will be going free to play on October the 18th. From that date, players will be able to download the base game for free on PC, Mac, PS5, PS4, Xbox Series XS and Xbox One. With The Sims, go- Sims 4 going free to play, our team is more dedicated than ever to developing new and meaningful The Sims 4 experiences for our players and we will continue to develop and release packs, kits and Sims Delivery Express drops into the foreseeable future, the company said. Developer Maxis plans to share more details about its future plans for the game, which is currently priced at £19.99, stroke seven, sorry, $19.99, £17.99, during a live stream on October the 18th, one month from when we are recording. Uh, From September the 14th until October 17th, existing Sims 4 owners will receive the new Desert Luxe kit free of charge. They say with the Desert Luxe kits, Sims can relax in their modern oasis with luxurious indoor and outdoor furniture inspired by the natural landscape of the southwestern desert and materials like stone and wood. <laughs> there you go. Uh, what other generate- materials are in there? Stone, <laughs> wood... The other ones. The other ones, yeah. Uh, the game generated over $1 billion of revenue on Feb- uh, as of February 2019 and been played by more than 33 million people as of February 2021, according to EA. Will you be diving back in, Steve? Uh, I will not, but this seems like a very sensible move. I wonder, in that $1 billion revenue, how that splits between the base game and DLC. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, let's hope that... Um, However they treat... Well, I mean, I guess given its sort of mainstream audience, it's going to have to be pretty sensitive, isn't it? Well, uh, that's kind of, That's kind of what I'm, I'm driving at here, is that, like, I don't think it hurts them at this point at all to make Sims 4 free-to-play, because I imagine not a lot of people are buying the base game of The Sims 4, what they're buying. And, and if you look at the number of add-on packs for that game, it's ridiculous. It always has been for The Sims series. Um, so essentially, their model has been... <laughs> kind of a free-to-play model anyway, except for the game itself is not free. Um, and this is just going to, you know, blow up their audience for those DLC packs and however else they intend to monetize. Uh, it is essentially at its heart a free-to-play. And like, if you look at so many free-to-play games that do things similar to The Sims, um, they are they derive their mechanics from The Sims. So it makes sense that the the game that kick-started the genre, or at least drove it to be as mainstream as it is has followed the business model that's been so successful on mobile it's just uh it's now just a cruelty simulator really isn't it well it always has been uh hasn't it like i i remember my first encounter ever well actually my first encounter as a games journalist uh with kieran gillen because uh, my first encounter was when i went for my interview at edge magazine uh and met up with him in the pub but my uh, encounter after I got employed by Edge was Kieran emerging from the 
PC Gamer Office delighted uh, because of the things that he had just been doing to his Sims. Uh, and they weren't all very wholesome, so I'm going to tell you that. <laughs> oh, that's quite a day for you then, wasn't it? <laughs> he had a beard. You just told a lie. Did I? Yeah, you've talked about this before. You lied during your interview for Edge. Oh, no. Yeah, sorry. That was... So, <laughs> like, I told a lie. That was the first time I went down. The second time I saw Kieran. I hadn't told a lie that day, as far as I can remember. But yes, yeah, yeah. I definitely told a lie at my interview. And if I hadn't, Simon, we wouldn't be here. So let's all be thankful for my character flaws. Indeed, indeed. Um, Dennis on the Discord says, feed to play. Very good. Um, and then oh, I was also, is. sorry, um, you when you originally spoke about The Sims, I wasn't listening because I had uh, cold sweats where Matt B90 had said, please take no offence for me dropping out the live stream. The children need to come out of the bath. Unfortunately, it clashes with their bedtimes. Thankfully, I had the phone in another room when Simon was explaining a certain new muse track. And uh, <laughs> This is the second I, time. The second time we've done this live streaming. Yes. Second time. Hmm. Yes. And the second time I've successfully not sworn in front of children. Uh, well done. Well, accidentally, isn't it? Rather than um, of my own uh, deliberate um, means. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, your turn for a new story, Steve. Okay. So uh, this is interesting. Okay. This is fascinating. <laughs> so uh, on Eurogamer, I'll, I'll talk about the news story that we saw, uh, that I saw break this morning. I've got it here as well, Steve. I was just doing a little joke, wasn't I? I, I know you were doing a bit. Uh, so the news story is, according to Eurogamer, 90-plus GTA 6 videos and screenshots have allegedly leaked online, uh, subheader, and they certainly do look legit. Full story. And I can't tell you who this is by, Simon, because this story has been published by Eurogamer staff. Has it now? I guess, uh, you know, it's uh, the I'm Spartacus moment. Uh, well, of... <laughs> I'll tell you something, Simon. When I looked at this story a few hours ago, it was not published by Eurogamer staff. Well, there were some brave individuals on videogameschronicle.com. I can tell you that. Mm, so, uh, interesting. Uh, anyway, the, the news story goes on to say... Uh, while there's no way of authenticating them, the initially hostile response on the GTA forums eventually softened as posters began to believe that the leaked assets were genuine. Now, I uh, saw this kicking off on Twitter this morning, followed the link to the GTA forums. At the time, there were 20 pages uh, of posts there. By the time I'd read, finished reading you know, or scanning through the first 10 pages of those 20, it was up to 60 and by the time I'd finished, uh, sort of skipped ahead, it was up to 90. News story goes on to say, if it's real, and right now the consensus is that it is, it seems to back up prior claims that the game is set in Vice City and features a female protagonist, the first for the franchise. The dialogue system and animations look similar to those used in Red, Red, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, although they may all only be temporary. Um, yeah, Simon, have you had a chance to look into this? Am I allowed to say whether I have or not? I think, have, have One Life Left staff been looking at it? Is that what you're asking? <laughs> yeah, one, one Life Left staff read, read the forum today uh, and uh, saw some of the YouTube 
streams. Obviously, I didn't download anything because I'm not insane. Uh, but uh, yeah, this this footage is all over the internet right now, and you can see it. And it is obviously work in progress towards something uh, developed by someone. I don't think Rockstar at the time of writing have issued a statement. Jason Jason Sharia tweeted uh, earlier today. Not that there's there was much doubt, but I've confirmed with Rockstar sources that this weekend's massive Grand Theft Auto 6 leak is indeed real. The footage is early and unfinished, of course. This is one of the biggest leaks in video game history and a nightmare for Rockstar games. Um, and then there's a lot of discussion um, underneath that tweet. People asking how how this happened. Uh, have you read where it came from, Steve? Um, yes. Yeah, so the guy said uh, in the first post in the thread that it was a Slack hack. Um, that's, what it, that, that's what he said. Yep. Mm, so obviously uh, you are trusting the word of a hacker there. Uh, I, I don't see any reason to believe that <laughs> or uh, to disbelieve it. I have no idea. But if it is Slack um, and it's proven to be Slack, that's terrible for Slack as well. And... Uh, probably terrible for remote working as well because I can imagine a lot of companies working on similar things will be suddenly looking at all of their um, their cloud storage protocols but you're only ever as weak as your weakest employee uh, and apparently this was some social engineering according again to the forum. Uh, apparently, again, or it's been said, again, take this with a pinch of salt or not, uh, it's the same hacker who hacked Uber recently. Mm-hmm. That's right. Again, again, uh, disclosed in that thread. Uh, so we are taking their word for it. But yeah, it's a, it's definitely a big deal. It's It was interesting to watch not just the responses of the people in the thread, uh, but also the responses wider across the internet, which... You know, this is a nightmare for Rockstar on on several levels. There's two types two types of negative response that I've seen. One is this looks terrible. You know, even for early in development, this this looks absolutely appalling. Um, it's just a bad Watchdogs two. I saw, which is, you know, it's an incredibly incredibly dumb assessment of code that's obviously clearly early and we know how games look you know right up until some weeks you know months months before release and we've no idea when this footage was taken and um yeah that it's absolutely you know not how rockstar would have wanted the game to be glimpsed uh you know for the first time the second piece of uh negative response i've seen and this is kind of more worrying i i guess and also dumb is that, oh, it just looks like GTA. You know, I was expecting something different. It's just third person walking around shooting and, you know, I'm not really excited about it anymore. And it's kind of like, what were you expecting, right? <laughs> it's GTA 6. Of course, it's going to be a continuation of that series. Um, and especially in these sort of, you know, uh, base core mechanics, that's what you're going to see. This isn't a crafted trailer that's intended to reveal the secrets. Yeah, uh, if you're Rockstar's internal PR team right now, you're thinking, how on earth can I get on top of this and turn it around? Not all bad news, though, of course, Steve, is it? Because um, according to Dexter, Watch Dogs 2 is the best of the Watch Dogs. So, uh, <laughs> so this is not a bad Watch Dogs Legion, <laughs> which was <laughs> apparently awful. 
Um, the other thing that uh, made me smile was the hacker apparently uh, sort of revealed that he'd had access to all this stuff and then went to bed. Um, because he put a follow-up going, oh, just woken up, and this appears to have blown up. <laughs> really? Uh, you've just you've just leaked uh, loads of information on arguably the most anticipated video game of all time. Um, the other sort of side discussion was a lot of games journalists just warning other games journalists to be very careful about how you write this stuff up, because Rockstar has shown previously it will clamp down very hard on any media it uh, thinks is um, helping share um, information that's that's not yet public. Um, I was also Googling while we were chatting who else Rockstar has sued. Rockstar sued the BBC before, apparently, according really? to The Verge. So, um, yeah, it's just... Um, it's a, it's a tricky thing, right? A lots of people are interested in it, you know, um, for, for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but um, you've got a lot of sites that are under pressure to get traffic. So what do they do? I mean, I think it's difficult to ignore. It's difficult to, to um, yeah, it's difficult to navigate around exactly what you can uh, say about it. Uh, so it's a good job that's in the hands of the professionals, not us, eh? Absolutely. I, I would also say genuinely my heart goes out to everyone who has worked on that game and been working hard for it on it for for years and years and years because it is absolutely the worst way uh for your hard work to be seen it's a nightmare for the humans who actually mm. work there it's an awful 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 thing to go through um i don't know if this is just a game of rumor that there was going to be some kind of announce in october don't know if you're a rock star you try and bring that forward now uh but i'm sure once that happens and once real information gets out there it will be of you know a much higher quality uh, and contain actual information rather than speculation based on on uh, code that that will take over the narrative at that point. Uh, so for now, it's a difficult time, but it is going to get yeah. better. Yeah. The the final concern I saw, uh, sorry, outside of the whole nightmare, uh, is that, I'd, and I hadn't, uh, I wasn't familiar with this, was that um, when Half-Life... Two stuff got leaked. Apparently, Valve delayed, used it as a, a reason. I didn't use it as a reason, but said um, and it was in part due, uh, responsible for a delay to the game. Mm. Given how long we've been waiting since GTA Five, we don't <laughs> want any more delays, do we? Uh, just to clear up, sorry, the BBC was suing, was being sued by Rockstar over the drama it was making, not right. Uh, okay, I hope you heard that clearly, Rockstar lawyers. All right, uh, let's go on to a safer news story. <laughs> uh, Ubisoft is following in the footsteps of another major of other major publishers by raising the price of some of its games to seventy dollars. As previously confirmed, the publisher's seventy dollar release is the new gen console versions. That's what we're calling them now, is it? New gen um, of this November, Skull and Bones, a game which won't be available for last gen systems. And in, a, in an interview with Axios, Ubisoft CEO Yves Guillemot said this price point will now be the norm for the publisher's big PS5 and Xbox Series X and S releases. In August 2020, Take-Two's NBA 2K21 became the first current-gen game to be priced at $70. Other companies followed suit, including Activision, Sony, EA and Square Enix, with the Final Fantasy publisher even bringing the increased price point to some of its PC games. Ubisoft said last year that it was undecided about whether it would pursue new software pricing opportunities, but its stance has since shifted. 
Some of the games will come at the same price as the competition, Gilmore told Axios. The big AAA games will come out at $70. Ubisoft's newly announced Assassin's Creed Mirage, which is billed as a smaller scale game than recent series entries, is priced at $50 for PS5 and Xbox Series XS, ahead of its cross-gen release in 2023. Notably, Microsoft has yet to release a $70 game, although its first-party release lineup has been relatively bare since the Xbox Series XS and PS5 launched in November 2020. Gaming can be an expensive hobby, and I see certain platforms going to, in the US pricing, $70 for games, Xbox Phil Spencer's told La Vanguardia that month. The consoles that are in $500 in US pricing, I think that's a heavy investment for people who aren't everyday playing video games. Kind of a more casual player or a family that's balancing many things. So, electricity, gas, petrol, food, Ubisoft games. <laughs> What's seventy dollars in pounds, Simon? Uh, well, these days, seventy about, pounds, <laughs> almost. Yeah. yeah, it's just it'll be just over sixty pounds. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, mm. uh, I, I, well, it's interesting the way the the sort of we've already covered one big franchise in this news story going free to play, and now we have the kind of opposite, right? Uh, these uh, AAA big releases adding another tenor. Do they call dollars tenors? Ten dollars tenors? I'm dealing purely in pounds. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, I I don't know what that sort of pricing arrangement will mean for the UK, but... Uh, Tenor. Uh, it's going to cost a monkey. Um, <laughs> the, f- the thing is, though, uh, and here's what I think is an open secret. Ubisoft slashed the prices of their video games within minutes of launching them. Mm. Um so if a game comes out in November, uh, what have you got there? So there'll be a Christmas sale, January or February, it will be 30% off. Um, and, you know, we've all got lots of stuff to play at the moment. So if you can hang on for a little bit. And the thing is, you know, 30% off 70 is more than 30% off 60, Steve. So you'll be getting even more of a bargain. And uh, aren't, haven't Ubisoft got an increasingly close relationship with Netflix as well? <laughs> they pop round and chill, do they? <laughs> I don't know. No, I mean, isn't, they? Assassin, isn't Assassin's Creed coming to Netflix? Is that right? I'm just uh, googling. I, I don't know. I, I can hear your, I can hear your brain working. I fingers no, typing. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong about that. Uh, do 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 do. Assassin's Creed mobile game is coming to Netflix. It says 10th of September 2022. Uh, Netflix and Ubisoft have partnered on a new Assassin's Creed mobile game. Um, so yeah, what my implication being, if you wait long enough, this all this stuff will be coming to Netflix anyway. So true, true. I tell you what, I heard I hadn't. What well, I'd completely missed um, is that uh, Netflix are bringing the mobile version of Immortality out. Mm, of course they are. Yeah. Yeah. See, of course, yeah. I didn't know that. I was. I came close to buying it on PC. <laughs> Hang on a minute, mate. Yeah, that's uh, not like you to own games on multiple systems and not play them on any of them. Well, that's certainly true, isn't it? But um, yeah, well, I mean, we were we were quite dismissive of some of the of the early Netflix foray in, into games, but um, yeah, uh, I won't be cancelling my subscription until that comes out. All right, here's another news story. Uh, this is from Polygon. Com, written by Nicole Carpenter. Uh, PSVR 2 
isn't compatible with PS- PSVR games, Sony says. Uh, Sony cites PSVR 2's truly next-generation VR experience as the reason. Uh, when the headset is released in 2023, it won't be able to play games from the original PSVR. Uh, Hideaki Nishino, senior vice president of the platform experience of PlayStation, went on to list what he described as PSVR 2's more advanced features, such as inside-out tracking, eye tracking, 4K HDR support, and a new controller with haptic feedback and adaptive triggers. This means developing games for PSVR 2 requires a whole different approach to PSVR, says Nishino. Do you buy that, Simon? What, that... uh... That's the reason why um, the games won't be cross compatible. Yeah, I mean that. So what he's saying here, what it seems to me he's saying is, PSVR two is way better than PSVR. Therefore, we can't put PSVR games on PSVR two. That logic falls down to me. Like the system is capable of playing them because all of the things inside PSVR two are better or at least, according to them, than PSVR. Whether you want to do it or not is a different question because it could be that you are so intent on making sure every single experience on uh, your new piece of hardware is the very, very best it can be that you don't want uh, older and necessarily cheaper games on that system. Yeah, it's... um, We've had this issue before when... uh, Sony's controllers have changed and that with the PS3 and PS4 they introduced they introduced the swipe pad swipe pad um and uh, that meant that some games wouldn't work on other systems um because of that and I'd imagine it's similar with PSVR 2 I guess also there's a challenge in that with the increased resolution potentially field of view that the games um on PSVR will you know, automatically render a certain or will be optimized for a certain resolution in a certain field of view. And if I if they change, that's going to cause complications. Um, what I would say, uh, though, is that uh, if publishers are able to do a PSVR version, uh, there is always the option of cross buying or um, with a version on PSVR 2, um, i.e. if you own one version, then that unlocks the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that would be something I would hope to see from consumer-friendly publishers, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Um, is there, are, are there any other news stories? Well, I had one about um, uh, Xbox not increasing their price, uh, but we covered that. The other thing um, is uh, that happened this week was the Nintendo Direct. Uh, did you watch it? Oh man, no! Like, I couldn't bear to, because, well, for a start, wasn't it sort of banned in the UK? <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah, they didn't show it live on mm. YouTube. That, but they put it on YouTube um, an hour after it, in air, it had aired. But you could watch it on the Nintendo um, US feeds, obviously. Of course. So obviously, I didn't want to break the law by watching it. But also, after all of the rumours, now during the summer we weren't able to cover this, but there were various rumours about a new F-Zero being um, being part of the next Direct. And I knew it wasn't going to happen, but it is the hope that kills you. And I, 
I didn't watch Nintendo Direct. I instead <laughs> like watched it in the most painful way possible by just doing a search on Twitter for F-Zero and just watching new tweets rolling going, F-Zero next, maybe? No F-Zero. Where's F-Zero, Nintendo? No, okay, no F-Zero this time. There was no F-Zero. So uh, what would you say would be the biggest announcements to come out of this week's Nintendo Direct? Well, I only heard... (laughs) I only heard anything through the lens of F-Zero. So right. I only saw people saying, what, another Kirby and no F-Zero, <laughs> uh, for example. So if people weren't angrily comparing it to, to that, um, I saw there was uh, the name of the new Zelda and some pictures of floating islands. Is that right? Difficult. It's an ambiguous name when you see it written down. Mm. Uh, so hard Ninten- to read out, right? Well, was well, it's not well because it's not because Nintendo have subsequently clarified. Not that I ever saw that ambiguity when it came out. I was like, oh well, obviously it's Tears of the Kingdom, but yeah. it could have been Tears of the Kingdom. No, I mean that uh, wouldn't make grammatical sense. Like, no, it would be a very ugly title. Like Tears of the Kingdom is not a great. I mean, it just sounds like a video game, right? Like or. Sounds like an overwrought anime video game. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that that's going to be great. That's exciting. What else did I hear? Oh, Pikmin. There's a new Pikmin. Not there is a, new Pikmin. An, again, why Pikmin? Nintendo will bring back any any old franchise as long as it's not F-Zero. Is that, was there something to do with Golden Sun as well? Uh, probably. Um, yeah. There was an awful lot of JRPGs. Uh, but, the, but what surprised me in... Um, uh, uh, was 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 anticipated news, which I didn't see lots of people excited about. Maybe it's because we'd been expecting it for so long. Uh, but Goldeneye is coming to uh, the Nintendo Switch in the N64 mm. um, emulator, and then Microsoft um, revealed that they're bringing it out on Xbox, the remastered version, I think, or the updated version, or what have you. And then... Uh, Nintendo have subsequently said that GoldenEye's online multiplayer is exclusive to Switch. <laughs> uh, so there we go. Uh, yeah, rather, um, yeah, rather disappointing Nintendo Direct. I thought this week, if you don't mind me saying, I don't because there was no F Zero. Uh, that's all the news. Thanks, Simon. Thanks, Steve. One life left. Video game news with Anne Scantlebury. Hey all I'm Dr. Alok Kanoja, but the internet knows me as Dr. K. I spent seven years studying to become a monk and then became a psychiatrist. I want to tell you a little bit about my podcast, Healthy Gamer GG, where we combine my clinical experience of practicing psychiatry and sprinkle in years of experience as a meditation teacher and sort of focus on spirituality. So on the podcast, we're going to approach very common everyday problems from each of these lenses. And what we really do well is blend science and spirituality to create the most accessible solutions for people for their everyday problems. So check us out at Healthy Gamer GG on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple. You're listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show. We are also a podcast. You can find that at www.onelifeleft.com. There you can read the show notes. The show notes will tell you about the show. They're kindly put together by our undercaretaker, Phil, uh, who's one of the people listening live on Discord right now. If you want to listen to us live, uh, then you can usually find us on Sunday evenings recording the show 
We are going to experiment with a number of different ways of doing this, because this week I can't see you, Simon. I know, and you told me it was tops off week as well. <laughs> That's why. Yeah, um, yeah we're, we're actually, theoretically, Simon, going to regain access to the One Life Left bank account. Uh, <laughs> oh, watch, watch out, shops. <laughs> um, yeah. Good, looking forward to that. Can I just say, before we, because uh, we're going to be coming to letters soon, I don't think we've got very many, so if you are listening live and you've got any questions, we will answer absolutely anything. Okay, so if you've got any questions, please type them in now uh, while we cover any other business. Uh, Steve, why are you hungover? As anything. So uh, last night was the first UK Marioki for two months, a little bit more than that, maybe. Maybe three months, because the last two were cancelled. And yeah, it was at loading in Peckham. Oh my goodness, I, I've just realised I do have another bit of any other business, but we'll talk about that after the letters. Um, it was a loading in Peckham, and it was absolutely brilliant. Uh, so we've moved Marioki to the third Saturday of the month, uh, which is new for us. We've never done it on a Saturday before. And it, uh, yeah, it's it was busy, and it was loud. Uh, the tech team were all there, and it, they were absolutely incredible. The audience were fantastic. There were some brilliant, brilliant singers. Uh, the venue was great as well. And because it was going very well, I lost track of the amount I was drinking and was very, very hungover this morning, which I managed to style out because my family went out um, without waking me up. So by the time they'd returned, I was completely fine again, but not. Uh, <laughs> I had a donut for breakfast. Oh, I tell you I what, everything, everything you've just described sounds like the dream. <laughs> uh, it was really, really good, though. Uh, Marioki was absolutely fantastic. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much to everyone who attended. Lots of brilliant new singers there as well. Obviously, thank you to Loading as well. And uh, we will be back. Well, we'll be back at the start of October. I actually don't know when that show is. Hold on. Maybe I can find by scrolling up here. Uh, we're going to do a gig in Leamington uh, for one special day. Uh, and that is on... I am still anxiously scrolling up. I can't find it. I think it's something like October the 7th. Uh, so please come along to that. I will put details, or I'll get Phil to put details in our show notes. Uh, and we are then doing a gig on the third Saturday of October, uh, which I don't know what that is either. You know what that is? Is it the 19th? Something like you're that? You're good at this, Steve, aren't you? Well, third Saturday is easy to remember. Some random day in Leamington is not. Um, third Saturday <laughs> well, it's, not, it's not. It's a special day. <laughs> How can point. you say a random day? <laughs> it's literally in the title. It's a special day. <laughs> what, random days can still be special. Can they? Yeah. Um, anyway, it was a fantastic evening. Please come along to the next one uh, and November's and December's. Uh, otherwise, I'll see you in Leamington. Should we do the letters? Let's do the letters. Email, messages, and forward BCC. One life letters. All right, I am entering the mailbag section with some trepidation because I was confidently stated we've got a letter. Sorry, we do have one in the Discord. We don't have one uh, emailed, and we don't have any live. No, 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 no. We do have one in uh, in our inbox because someone forwarded us 
the email we didn't read out last time. And if you didn't receive that, that means you must have blocked them in some way. Let's have a look at the old spam, shall we? Yeah. Um, Let me uh, see. Here we go. From Chris Booth. Go on. Resent four days ago. Have you found it? No, I got sidetracked by um, an email which is from dicksportinggoods.co.in in my spam. Um, Understandably. All right. Um, Chris... I've, not bought any, I've not bought any dick sporting goods. What would they be? <laughs> Chris Booth writes, Dear team, hope you're well and feeling a bit cooler this week. Uh, this was sent in July. I am feeling a bit cooler this week. I recently picked up Dicey Dungeons from the Play Store on Steve's recommendation and fell in love with it very quickly. It has great music, presentation and feels like it was absolutely made for mobile. I also like how, as you're progressing through the game, you unlock different characters that all play wildly different from each other, which really keeps things fresh. However, I absolutely cannot finish episode one as the witch. And whilst I've unlocked other episodes for the other dice, my silly brain won't let me move on until I've beaten the witch's first episode. This has meant I've tried to beat it a ton of times, which is having the unfortunate effect of burning me out on the game. I may just have to move on and get over it. My question to you is, have you ever bailed on a game you are absolutely loving because you got stuck? Did you ever uh, just breeze through... Did you ever go back to it and just breeze through, or did you leave it to languish? Cheers, Chris. Simon. I do. Well, let me tell you, first of all, I do have this in my inbox. Apologies. My inbox is a right state. Um, uh, and as proof that uh, I've received it, I can tell you that he has uh, originally, uh, when he's forwarded it, spelt his name Cross. Um, that's not, not because <laughs> that's because he's not Cross because we didn't read it out. Um yeah, the last example of that was uh, Dragon Quest, the latest one, uh, on Switch. And I got to the very end and I beat the boss mm. and then the boss came back. And it was one of those ones where, you know, you in, in getting past the first bit, I had used all of my healing potions, what have mm. you. Uh, and I tackled it once and then just thought, this can F-O. Absolutely. Like, bosses coming back is the worst thing. Like, oh, I can't stand it. Like, I hate boss battles enough as it is. But when you get to the end and you're done and the health bar is there and then it's like, wait up, my friend. <laughs> Something's happening. You're like, you think, the developer thinks they are being super smart here. We've got them. They'll never expect this. I do expect it, and I hate you for it. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, so that would be my most recent example. What about yours, Steve? Do you have anything? Uh, I, I think my primary example of this, uh, I'm sure I've mentioned this before, is, is Fire Emblem, which I love the mechanics behind that game so much, like... Uh, because I love Advance Wars, and Advance Wars is the game I really, really want to play because there is no emotional attachment to your units. They are literally cannon fodder in some respects. However, Fire Emblem, it is possible to complete levels in a perfect way, and it's also possible to complete them in an imperfect way, and either way the game will move on, and if you complete them in an imperfect way, 
and lose characters, those characters are gone for the rest of the game. And therefore, you have to complete it in a perfect way. And I probably would feel like I have to anyway. But the game is balanced in such a way that it's very, very hard to complete it in a perfect way because it doesn't want you to have all of your characters all the way through the game. It wants you to make these, you know, difficult choices and it wants you to lose people, which, you know, uh, for emotional game design is a good decision. But for game design, for me, is a terrible thing because I have to do it perfectly. I can't move on until I have. And, um, yeah, I uh, the last Fire Emblem I played, I reached a point where... Uh, I was playing mission, I think it was about two hours long. I got to the final move and lost one of my characters in that final move and just was like, yeah, F this, I'm done. And I loved that game and I loved the mechanics and I loved everything about it. I think someone's told me, like, in the more recent ones, you can switch that off, but of course I wouldn't be able to do that Mm. either. (laughs) So, yeah. Good question, Chris. Thanks for that. Apologies for missing it. Um, over on the Discord, the Sound Bomber wrote, Dear Team OLL and SSG, I was working in a job that required a lot of travel and I was fully on board when the Switch launched, but I honestly never got into it. I've never been a particularly ninty fan and I know I'm in the minority, but I just didn't enjoy Breath of the Wild. What? Dexter finished that this week, by the way. Finished it. Uh, and he was incredibly happy. Finally beat Ganon. Seven years or, or however many. Uh, it was excellent to watch. Um, so uh, you are in the minority there, the soundboard. I um, uh, didn't enjoy Breath of the Wild, uh, but even with the prospect of a six-hour train journey to contend with, I just found myself disinterested, and eventually it ended up on eBay three years later. I ended up getting another Switch this time, largely for the kids. But lo and behold, this time around, I found a new fondness for Nintendo's hybrid. The kids ironically never touched the Switch. But my question to you is this. Have you ever found yourself giving something you've written off another try and discovering something you end up falling in love with. Keep up the good work, guys. Matt! Thanks, Matt. That's a great question. Um, It happens to me every time with the Arcane games. Uh, Dishonored, I played originally. Uh, Just for whatever reason, did not get on with it. Uh, Left it, I don't know, probably a couple of years. Absolutely adored it. Deathloop, I started couldn't uh, just, uh, it didn't click I, I was mm. I played it for a good few hours didn't click um then when I got the steam deck I picked it up played through those few hours again and it did for whatever reason click and I absolutely loved that too um and similarly with Prey so Prey I've played once and thought huh uh, but I know uh, that I do need to go back to it and I uh, fully expect that I'm going to love it too I don't know what it is uh, with their games, but every one they do, I sort of struggle with. I actually have to say, I've got absolutely no interest in their next one. Do you think this is the Steam Deck, like, giving you lease of life to these games, that maybe it wasn't just you bouncing off them in the first place uh, because they, you know, because they're difficult to get into or whatever, but because you've now got this new platform which allows you to play them in a slightly different way, gives you, you know, a different point of access? Yeah, potentially though, I I think that the Steam Deck could work against these because actually, Mm. what you need with these games is to is 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 to spend a couple of hours right at the start and not ten minutes here and there because generally they're throwing lots at you, um, uh, lots of new systems to understand. Particularly with Deathloop, there's there's an overwhelming amount of uh, different bits and bobs going on. um, That uh, if you aren't sort of concentrating on it properly, I mean, I, I, I I did get back into it because I was on a long flight um so yeah being able to focus on it but yeah the 
uh, the beauty of playing something like Spider-Man on it was that you could just turn it on and turn it off, turn it on, turn it off. So, um, yeah, I mean, once you're into it, then absolutely those, you know, playing it here and there, um, uh, definitely don't think I would have been able to finish Deathloop if, if I had to, you know, always go up to my gaming PC and and uh, sort of clear out some time. Uh, but, uh, yeah, um, what about you, Steve? I uh, bounced off Elden Ring uh, the first time, and we've talked about that on the show. I mean, I think I reviewed it over several weeks when I forced myself through the first sort of six or seven hours, and then for a while it clicked. And then the point at which it clicked, uh, sort of (laughs) clicked off again, was when I kind of explored most of the maps, seen an awful lot of the beauty of the game, although I'm sure not nearly everything, and tired of the build of the character that I had built out, this this sort of rangy uh, wizard type. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm glad I forced myself through that because the atmosphere of the game still gave a lot to me. Uh, I think, although I can't remember, I, I've got a weird feeling that I bounced off Slay the Spire first as well, and then I think maybe you encouraged me to go back to it and just thoroughly fell in love with that. Uh, And RimWorld. So RimWorld's quite interesting in that I tried it and I didn't enjoy it. And it was one of those games where I got sort of like 20 minutes into the tutorial and thought, no, absolutely no way am I going to do this. And then found myself, um, I think it was on a flight and it was the only game that would run on my Mac. So I played that, pushed through the tutorial, and then, well, according to my Steam stats, lost about 120 hours to it. So, uh, so yeah, and I, st- I still think about going back to that because I really did love that game by the end of it. Dennis uh, says on the Discord that there's an early uphill struggle to get used to all immersive sim sort of games. So there we go. Mm. It's not just me. Thanks, Dennis. Good. Well, I think well, that's it for letters. Yes, uh, I think so. If you have anything you want to ask the team at One Life Left or you just want to write, just, you know, what are you musing on today? You can email team at onelifeleft.com. You can also post your thoughts in our Discord. The link is in the show notes on our website. You're listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM, the greatest radio station in the world. You can hear Resonance uh, if you're inside London on 104.4 or you can listen to it on digital or on the internet at www.resonancefm.com. There are lots of brilliant shows and they're all much better than ours. So give it a shot. Simon, I have another piece of news to tell you. Go on. I can't believe I forgot this. This is incredible. So, on Friday, uh, this Friday just gone, I received a WhatsApp message. Hello. From, yeah. Normally, you're normally you're closed on a Friday. I know. Well, uh, this was from a friend of the show, uh, Mike Channel. Oh yeah, friend of the show popular friend of the show and uh youtuber mike channel uh he posted this uh he posted said posted me a link to a screenshot he'd taken of a facebook page said um basically i'll read out the facebook page the infamous billy mitchell known for his donkey kong kill screens and perfect games of pac-man will be at four quarters elephant park this friday 
uh, Billy will be attempting a perfect game of Pac-Man. Uh, come and meet him at the original, uh, the UK's original arcade bar dedicated to authentic retro gaming. What? Billy Mitchell was, and and well, Mike had sent me this for two reasons. One, if I hadn't watched King of Kong, if I hadn't watched King of Kong and become a fan of Billy Mitchell via that movie, then um, I wouldn't have a, a music festival 10, 15 years ago been so hungover that I was just looking at people's tweets and seeing a tweet from someone else at the festival that was being mean about Billy Mitchell. And I wouldn't have had a Twitter argument with her. And I wouldn't have resolved to settle that argument on a Dance Dance Revolution machine at Minehead Butlands. And I wouldn't have then crushed her at Dance Dance Revolution. And subsequently become her friend and then introduced her to Mike, who she then married. What? Billy Mitchell's the circle of life? If it hadn't been for Billy Mitchell, their family would not exist. So, did, did he was saying set- this? Well, um, so Mike sent me the link because of that, but also, also uh, because um, this this arcade bar is maybe about half a mile from my house, if that. So on Friday afternoon, I went to pick my daughter up from nursery and headed to Four Quarters Elephant Park. And unfortunately, we're not on camera right now because I could show you a photo of my daughter looking on at Billy Mitchell on his <laughs> own, very recognisable, uh, playing Pac-Man in the corner, like completely on his own. Oh, so wow. I, ta- I know. I was taking a photo of her and then a guy came up to me and said, um, said uh, you can meet him if you want. You can chat to him. Uh, it turned out he, wasn't at- he hadn't started playing his game yet. He was just chatting on Twitch. And so I was like, I don't want to interrupt. And he said, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. And, you know, maybe your daughter wants to meet him. What? So, what a three-year-old wants to meet Billy Mitchell? Well, quite. Would- why wouldn't she? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so... Uh, he, uh, so, uh, the guy goes up to Billy and taps on his shoulder and, and Billy turns around and went, come in, you know, take a photo, take a photo. And, um, he beckons to my daughter and my daughter's just shaking her head, like looking like she's going to burst into tears. I'm like, it's okay. And so he held, he holds out a trading card and he goes, want a trading card? And, you know, again, shaking her head, like absolutely not starts rattling some quarters in a cup. Want some quarters? Definitely not. So at did this you say? Point, did you say I prefer Steve Weeby? <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, uh, I, I was like, "It's it's it's absolutely fine." Um, and he was like, "Do you want a photo?" I was like, "Absolutely, of course I do." So um, I uh, handed my phone to uh, to the guy who introduces, shook his hand. Uh, had a photo taken, I, which we've posted in the Discord. Um, and uh, I, I could only say, I, I thought, what shall I say to him? Shall I invite him to Marioki? Shall I tell him the story of how he literally started a family in England? Um, and I thought, <laughs> no. I said, I love your work, Billy. And that was it. No. Walked away. 
Looking at that picture on the Discord, it genuinely, A, looks like you're at Madame Two Swords. Yeah, I know. Um, and B, he's got massive hands, hasn't he? Well... Like his, his hands are the size of your head, well, and the thumb is raised, right. and that would easily go down to your chest. <laughs> forehead to your chest. Somebody's right. got, has, has anybody looked into the size of these for Donkey Kong? That's got to be cheating, hasn't it? So this is, this is my favourite thing about the whole thing. So for a start, I think Love Your Work is the perfect thing to say to Billy Mitchell because obviously he's a complicated character, uh, but as a character, I think he's, he's perfect. And I genuinely love King of Kong and I love him in that movie and I love what he's done um, without endorsing all of it. However, one of my favourite, uh, I can't use the word that I would use to describe it typically it ends in housery uh right i love his sam housery sam housery uh yeah he um throughout that throughout that movie he exhibits sam housery in all kinds of forms and when i shook his hand i mean billy's a big man right but when i shook his hand and the guy went right you know held up the camera I noticed Billy take half a step forward towards the camera. And I was like, and then the photo was taken. And now I've realized that's like, that's like a quintessential alpha male move, isn't it? That you step, got you there. You yep. step closer to the camera. So you dominate the frame and just, he's already bigger than me. He doesn't need to try this hard, but it's just natural Sam Housery to him. Uh, yeah. I, I love it, uh, love it, love it, love it completely. So, yeah, uh, that's what I wanted to tell you. Seven out of ten. Uh, a couple of things. So um, that's a perfect punchlet new joke we've got there for an, ep- for an episode <laughs> that Rockstar's lawyers are going to be listening to. <laughs> Good. Uh, we're just joking, aren't we? Just joking. We're just um, joking. I don't think we've got time for reviews, Steve. Uh, oh, my goodness. Um, well, let's quickly burn through them. What have you been playing, Simon? Uh, I've been playing a game that was omitted from the Nintendo Direct that was aired over here, but was featured in the one in Japan. It's uh, a game with a terrible name. It's called Easy Come, Easy Golf. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, awful name, brilliant game. Uh, it's by Clap Hands. Um, I believe it to be a version of the game that they got up on Apple Arcade. I don't have an iPhone because I'm not cool enough, as we've uh, discussed already. Um, it's brilliant. It's everybody's golf, but on the Switch. Uh, terrible loading times. Apart from that, really, really good. Seven out of ten. What about you, Steve? Um, I can't remember the name of the game that I said I was going to review. Oh, what was the game that you liked and you were curious? And it's by us two. Is it Alba? Oh, Alba, yes. Yes, Alba. I was playing Alba. It's a beautiful, gentle game about wandering around an island, uh, restoring the environment as a adorable child, uh, taking photos of animals, collecting them, uh, and just generally repairing things. It's super, super wholesome. It's really well executed. Uh, I don't me. believe the nodding mechanic works quite as well as they no, want it, it to. <laughs> but I every- was shaking my head as you were saying that. Right, everything about Ironically. it is, uh, is brilliant. I really, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, so 7 out of 10 for that. Good, right. Well, that's it, Steve. That uh, we'll is be back it. in two weeks. Uh, possibly three. Uh, I think okay. three weeks. So um, we will... 
We'll confirm that on the One Life Left Twitter. Uh, that's at One Life Left if you're not already following us. Uh, but until then, thank you to Resonance. Thank you to everyone who listens. And thank you to you, Simon. Thanks to you, Steve. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>